Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. I'm uh, reporting from Tuscaloosa, staring at Bright Denny Stadium, which is clearly under construction, clearly. But looks good. Yeah. Uh, well, what's good is Rock Auto. Auto, Rock Auto is awesome, and we'll talk about them in just a bit. But, you know, you were talking about the uh, the construction. Uh, my brother-in-law mentioned to me yesterday, he's he's not – it's not a box, but he's buying some kind of new luxury something, right. something, the, like four seats, and it's yeah. going to be super cool and have your own TVs and all this other funky stuff. And um, I'm very Yeah, I think I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got a buddy that's uh, bought into that too, and that it's it's kind of like a, it it almost sounds like a mini box. I mean, it's like you get a lot of the amenities that the skybox folks have, but it's not really a box. But I think you are shielded from the weather, and it's kind of private, and you have a your own little replay thing. And uh, yeah, it, uh, it, I, I, I believe I'm looking at it on the uh, south side of the stadium. Sort of sort of looks like to me, but. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that might be what that thing is. They're doing a lot of work on, as I'm you know, expertly reporting. You know, I'm I'm wondering if would you rather have a miniature TV where you can watch the Alabama game and see replays or other games if the Alabama game is a blowout, or would you rather just have a big sneeze guard at this point? <laughs> <laughs> we will see if anyone is actually watching a game from inside the stadium. I swear, it's like every day you feel, I mean, I don't know, do you feel better or worse? I mean, every day it's like up and down and up and down. And and uh, I started to feel a little better about things. And I saw today that, you know, Lehigh and the uh, Patriot League canceled their game with Navy. So cancellations are now starting to happen. But that said, cancellation like that makes a lot of sense. These These little tiny FCS schools – they don't get the TV money that the big schools have. I mean, th- this this coronavirus is really burdensome on them. I mean, what are they walking away from uh, if they don't play games, particularly when they have to travel? And, uh, and and they end up spending a lot of the money they make, you know, by playing an FBS team, travel. And then, then there's all the extra expenses of dealing with the virus. So, uh, you know, I don't think we should be too stunned that some FCS schools or conferences would be choosing not to play. I don't think it's it means that there won't be college football, but uh, I guess it's easy to chalk that up as a, as, a, as a negative. Yeah, I think that certainly is a negative. You had a great tweet out there, too, that, uh, hey, look, while everybody's worried about Alabama-USC being canceled, I think the more likely cancellation is Alabama-Middle-Tennessee State. And that makes a lot of sense. The only thing I would say to that as a counter is if I'm Middle Tennessee State, I might rather cancel all of my conference games versus canceling my non-conference right. paycheck, you know? Right. Well, it's UT Martin, not Middle Tennessee. So it's UT Martin. Uh, middle the, t- oh, UT Martin. Yeah. You're right. My bad, yeah. my bad, my bad. Yeah, from the FCS, sort of the same reasoning about Lehigh canceling their game with Navy in terms of Oh, UT Martin is going to make more money playing Alabama than they make on their own home games. That is true. But do they make enough money to justify, you know, the expense of, of putting on a whole season and preparing all the way into November? And, and, and they don't have a TV contract where their league gets to split up all this money because they have X amount of games on TV and, 
uh, I, I think for all that, I don't think we should be surprised uh, when the FCS uh, or at least some conferences in the FCS say, you know what, we're just not playing. And uh, I think there's a much greater likelihood of that happening. And what I'm really saying is I'm not telling you UT Martin's not going to play. I'm just saying to me there's a greater likelihood that UT Martin is not going to play this season than USC because, you know, I made this point the other day, Let if the Pac-12 doesn't play, and everyone else does, they have SMU'd themselves. I mean, when they didn't play one year. Now, of course, they didn't play because the NCAA wouldn't allow them to play. They have never, ever, 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 ever been the same since, and it's been over, it's been almost 40 years now. 40 years they haven't really recovered from their death penalty. I, I, I don't know that it would be that bad if the Pac-12 skipped a season because of coronavirus, but if I was them, I wouldn't test that. I, I, no, I think, I think they, it would be that bad. I think they become I think it be irrelevant. They, they become irrelevant really? in college football if well, they don't play and everyone else does. Well, see, because it's not just, oh, you didn't play this year. Again, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. The domino effect yep. is incredible. The ripple effect even. Um, the, the, you, you basically lose out on a year of recruiting because yep. you're trying to recruit to a complete unknown at this point. Um, if you don't have a season, everybody else is playing and coaching them up and doing their thing. And you're trying to recruit by somebody by saying, yeah, but we feel pretty sure we're going to have a season next year. So come on over to Oregon State. No, nope, that's not going to work. Yep. Um, let's, that's let's why there's a lot of people that just believe because of the way California is handling the coronavirus more aggressively than other states. There's just a lot of Southern football fans that look at that disapprovingly and say, see, see. They're not going to play football. Look at those rules. Uh, I think at some point USC and UCLA and Stanford and Cal are going to tell the governor, hey, we understand uh, what's going on here, but uh, but but we're, we're not going to make our conference and our schools irrelevant to football for the next 20 years. We're, we're going to play. And just like, I mean, it's this simple. I mean, just read the crawl on ESPN. Canada uh, has extremely strict coronavirus rules about this, this, and that. But Major League Baseball starting back up. So the Toronto Blue Jays call the government and say, hey, Major League Baseball's playing. Uh, we, we need an exemption to play baseball. And the Canadian government said, okay, you got it. I mean, that's what's going to happen with USC and UCLA and all them. If they, if they need right. an exemption, they'll get it. That's right. Well, let me tell everybody about Rock Auto, rockauto.com, R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com. You've heard the jingle. You've seen the commercial. The, the the cartoonish commercial and I use cartoonish as a very literal term here and as I've been saying ever since Rock Auto has become a sponsor if you need a chassis or a windshield wiper or a gas cap or a uh, or something to do your rust proofing whatever that is I'm just I'm just throwing out Seinfeldian terms here go to rockauto.com Check them out. All the parts your car will ever need. The jingle says it all. Go to rockauto.com and get everything your uh, auto do-it-yourselfer would need to make his car go vroom, vroom. That'll be their next jingle. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Jimmy, people over there. Uh, you know, one, one thing I said earlier, I, when I said Middle Tennessee State instead of UT Martin, I said, my bad, my bad, my bad. And... This is apropos of nothing, but 
when I was at the beach, you know, you're at the beach and you've had a beer or two. What I what I really was drinking this past week, and I have no qualms in saying this because I'm um, a flaming heterosexual. <laughs> if, there, if there's such a thing, um, if there's if there is and, one, uh, you're it. I'm it. Uh, I have four children, and so I mean, I'm I'm you know, hey, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I'm pretty potent, and um, I dig women. But uh, so when you're on the beach and you, the reason I say that is because I was drinking one of those lemonade beers. Um, and I kind of like those, it was like a Bud Light lemonade beer. And, you know, I had a couple of people look at me kind of strange because it's in that slender can or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care what you think. I've got all these children running around. Why did, I mean, I don't give a damn. I mean, and plus, haven't you been keeping up with anything? Everybody's equal, man. Quit, quit judging me. Um, and, uh, so I, while I'm drinking those lemonade beers, I'm thinking about things and just random crap floats in my head. And I started thinking about how when people say my bad, and I'm like, what a shitty way to say I'm sorry. That really is so stupid. Because here's the thing. Like, no shit it was your bad. No shit. Like, if you ever played a pickup game of basketball and somebody throws away a pass, like, way over the head of the intended recipient, and they look at the guy and go, my bad. My and, bad. and the guy's like, oh, Oh, that was your fault that you threw it three feet over my head? I'm, oh, okay. Because I was confused if I should have gotten a, a stepladder and picked that ball up. But it's just like me doing earlier saying, my bad. Like, of course it's my bad. You didn't say it was Middle Tennessee State. I did. You just listened to me being wrong. Of course it's my bad. So why don't I just say I'm sorry? And and it, it's become so acceptable to do that in sports. Like, if screw up you just go my bad and what you really need to say is oh my god i am so sorry <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny that you bring that up. i mean in the sense that every single time i see it in a sporting event on tv and you see it in college football a lot uh when it when a player is clearly mouthing that I, I laugh every time i see it because i'm like we know it's your bad we know everyone knows <laughs> everyone knows. but that's Which, that's really yeah. right i mean we need we need to pick another I mean, and, and it's okay to make mistakes. Do you really, yeah, exactly. have, to, do you really have to apologize? When you make a bad throw, do you really have to apologize to your teammates? Don't you just say, oh, gosh, this game's hard. That's what, that's what, that's what you should say. God, this game is so hard. I'm not I mean, really do you really good apologize? At level of competition. If you stepped in the batter's box against Clayton Kershaw and he throws his fastball <laughs> and you swing and miss because you can't catch up to it, do you really say my bad? Oh, my bad. Well, it's it's hard to hit the ball when it's being thrown by Clayton Kershaw. That's hard to do. Football is hard to do at, at a high level. So I don't think they all, all need to apologize when uh, when they make a mistake. Everybody's making mistakes in every snap. It's a hard game. But no, I'm with you on that. But what I'm saying is my bad is worse yeah. than no apology. Because <laughs> you're you're also essentially saying you're stupid for not knowing this was my fault. <laughs> like, if, in case you were wondering if there was any ambiguity as to whether or not this was my fault, this is my fault, dumbass. And no, that, that's what you're saying instead of, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I don't and know. that's what you should be saying. It still bothers me to this day. I was playing in a uh, – I was 18 playing in – we call this semi-pro league, which is kind of stupid because nobody's getting paid. Heck, we're paying to play in the league. But I guess they call it semi-pro because it was – 18 and up and and really what it is it's really baseball for 
during the summer for a lot of college players that are home and, and just didn't want to leave the Mobile area. So there's a lot of, there's a few Jags, a few Juco guys. Some There's one guy from Alabama that was actually in that league that year and, and a lot of high school players that I got asked to play. So, so it was the last year I ever played baseball. I was 18. And uh, so I'm at third base, third base. And uh, the guy uh, on third was kind of sleeping. You know, he's kind of taking a big lead for third base, which is cr- why I take a big lead. He's taking a big lead, wouldn't pay much attention. So I'm like, screw it. Let's uh, see if we can pick him off. So when the catcher looked down at me, I gave him the signal to uh, to throw down. You know, <laughs> we pick him off. Catcher gives me the signal back that he saw it, you know. So uh, it looks good because I know nobody saw us do it. And, and, and so it looked like we we're about to get away with this because you don't see a lot of pickoff throws from the catcher down to third. But so anyway – the catcher, who's a really good player, he's playing junior college baseball. <laughs> he throws it down to me. He throws it two feet over my head, but on the other side of the base runner. So it would have been possible for me to catch it, but I kind of had to go through the guy. We got tangled up. I think it kicked off the top of my glove because I got my glove on it a little bit. But then the run scored, of course, and, and, and it was real stupid to give up a run that way. I mean, in retrospect, it's like, this is why you don't throw down to third base. I mean, we just handed them a run uh, because we were trying to do something tricky. So it was pretty stupid, I guess. But the point is, to get to your my bad story, I get in the dugout. I didn't say my bad. I didn't make the bad throw. It was a, it was a bad throw is what it was. It was a bad throw. But uh, I get in there, and uh, – one of the other players, I guess it was a shortstop or something, short, he's like, uh, couldn't knock that ball down? And I'm like, well, I tried. And he's like, you got to knock that ball down, man. That gave up a run. And I wanted to say, what? did you see what that throw was? The throw was terrible. But I guess they kept wanting to say my bad. The catcher never said my bad. So you bring that story up, and I'm bringing up a story. I, I go, how long is this now? 32 years ago. I'm still upset about this. Catcher didn't even say my bad. <laughs> Catcher, catcher but that's funny. Said, my bad. My bad. Short and here's what's funny. You could knock that ball down. Here's what's funnier about that is if you had said what really happened and go, did you see how bad the throw was? Then all of a sudden the catcher would be like, hey, man, why are you throwing me under the bus? And you're like, because you drove <laughs> you the bus the <laughs> and I needed to put you under it. Um but anyway, you threw that ball in the direction of the buses and not the base. But so here I'm complaining about my bad. Well, I'm complaining about the my bad concept when, in fact, I'm sitting here pacing around talking about a 32 year ago play where I should have got my my bad and, and I, I didn't get over it. I'm still not over it because I never got up my bad. Oh, OK. I, I got you. So your point is that, if the catcher had said my no bad, apology. I wouldn't even remember this. Yeah, I no apology is worse, the than, is worse than my bad. I got you now. <laughs> and in this particular case, that's true. Because when you start telling right, a story, so that's immediately a, what comes to mind. So maybe, yeah, maybe we need rule. some my bads. Um, hmm. By the way, it started raining while I'm driving, coming back from Orange Beach. But it also reminds of me of when um, when of wide did. receivers when wide, wide receivers uh, drop a ball, like that's kind of an easy catch. And then they look down at their hands as if they don't control them with their own brain. <laughs> like, like they look down at their hands like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And you're like, hey, they're your hands. If you were, I could understand it if you had just had a hand transplant. And, and you were wondering, like, this doesn't feel right. I need a, I need a new set of hands. But anyway, 
Uh, it also reminds me of a time I was playing basketball back in the day, uh, a pickup game in Birmingham. And uh, a friend of mine who was a, a, a sales rep for some medical device company, he said, I brought, I'm bringing in this doctor uh, who wants to play. And I said, great. I said, what's his name? And he told me his name. And I said, oh, my God, that doctor is operating on my dad, my dad's back on Monday. This was Saturday morning. And he was like, well, just, okay, you know, you need to talk to him. Well, he was on my team, and we just sort of, like, he showed up a little late. And so we just got started. So I didn't really get to talk to him before the game started. And as the game got going, I was really hot at the very beginning. I, I was scoring a lot. And I got a – he gave me, like, what I thought was a pretty standard entry pass. And I sort of have a turnaround jumper, fadeaway jumper, and and it hit it, and he points at me. And usually, when you point at somebody, you're saying like, "You're like, yeah, the doctor points good. at me." He made the pass, and he's like, "Good." Sh-. You're usually gonna say, "Good shot." Good. He he pointed at me and said, "Did you see that pass?" I'm like, "Yeah, I saw it <laughs> because I caught it, and then I scored." You then I scored. Yeah, you handed me the ball in a very standard way. <laughs> And then I made a hell of a shot. But I couldn't say anything like that because he's operating on my father Monday. So what I said was, that's one hell of a pass, bro. <laughs> wow. See, that's, that's good. This, that's good. This is a guy that obviously jogging past the scorer's table has to announce to the scorer's table that was four on the assist. Yeah. You know, no, or you know, if he's I, wearing I, number four, you know, that was number six with the assist. He's got to make sure that the scores table gets that down in his stat column, even though he's playing at the Y. That's uh, there's no doubt. That's that guy. And he, I can see him being the kind of guy when he's checking into a game, looking at the scorekeeper and saying, "Get your pencil ready. Some shit's about to go down." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, let's, he's a uh, chucker. Let's well, he's not let's, a trucker. He's, he's he's an assist guy. I appreciate the fact he's that he's playing. Trucker. He's playing with you guys, and he's for a doctor. He sounds pretty unselfish. Well, that's what I was like. Thank God he was on my team too, because if I'd seen and I and I knew what he was going to be doing Monday, because if I'd seen him, heard him do that to somebody else on the other team, I would have made a mission to foul him on purpose. You know, just to say, <laughs> just to see how that turned out. But so he uh, points at you, and it's the universe. That's the universal sign for. You're my teammate. That's a good shot. Yeah. Good play, Luke. Good play. That's the universe. But in his world, it was, did you see what I did there? Yeah. That's, and and I was like, of course I saw it. I was not a bystander. I was a, I was a participant. Uh, all right. Speaking wow. of chucking, let's chuck it to another break here. And when we come back, we'll wrap the show up for the 4th of July. All right, Jimmy, uh, any odd and things out there? I know, that, yeah, recruiting. I mean, look, we're wait, we've all been waiting for another shoe to drop. We've already had a few shoes drop here recently, and um, we've been waiting on Kendrick Blackshire, and we've been waiting on, hey, how about, uh, is it Damon Payne, I think it is, out of, uh, out of Michigan? Damon Payne could be, of- yeah, yeah, Damon yeah. Payne. Uh, there, there was a period a couple months ago where it looked like Damon Payne would be one of our first commitments. 
and it didn't happen. Then he got kind of interested in some other programs. He has a bizarre list of finalists, you know, which include programs from all over the country, but doesn't yet, he didn't seem to be strongly considering like his home state power programs in Michigan or Michigan State or Ohio State with sort of rules recruiting in the North and the Midwest. He likes Arizona State. He likes Kentucky. And, and of course, he likes Alabama. But I, I, it looks good for him. I think it's always looked good for him. He is a uh, plus athlete for those who haven't seen his tape. He's a defensive lineman. I mean, this is not a linebacker at all, but he, he is a defensive lineman, but he is a plus athlete. I mean, that's the number one. He is athletic. He's not the biggest guy in the world. We're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to Dr. Ray and Matt Ballou this guy up. I mean, he's going to have to add some good weight, some mass, some size, some strength, but he will go into this deal a plus athlete with great feet. I'm hoping that he becomes uh, what's sort of a rarity, but is kind of recruiting gold, which is a fantastic inside pass rusher, a guy that really puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback, uh, even though he's lined up, uh, you know, in, in an A gap. Yeah, I think you're right. And I also like, hey, that's a, that's pretty interesting. Ray Baloo, that's almost like a guy's name, you know, just Ray Ballou. But I guess it's better than saying Baloo Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, yeah, that you'd have to you'd have some explaining to do. Um, Don't worry, he's a flaming yeah, I, I, heterosexual. <laughs> I was telling. Uh, well, I, I can't even go into that. Um, sometimes I have a story pop in my head, and I forget that I can't say it on a podcast. Um, anyway. <laughs> not even on a not even on a podcast. DM so Luke. Who else yeah, is out there? DM Luke. Everybody, DM Luke for the story. <laughs> I should write it out and just send it. Anybody want to get in my DMs? Come on, I'll give it to you. Uh, Slide into so, his DMs for this dirty talk. Who else uh, is out there that is a potential commitment? I mean, the Kool-Aid McKinstry, a lot of people think yeah. he may pop in August. I was going to say Kool-Aid uh, in the sense that I, I, I do think that Kool-Aid is very likely to commit this summer before his season starts. Uh you know, I think it's Alabama. I think it's going to be Alabama. We shouldn't be surprised if it's Auburn. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not, it's not a slam at Nate Oates, who I think is proving that he's a really good recruiter. But I, I do think Bruce set for Auburn with McKinstry, just because, I mean, you got it. I mean, Bruce Pearl, it, it's easy to imagine a lot of kids liking Bruce Pearl in the recruiting process. That That's sort of easy to imagine. So, I don't think any Alabama fan out there needs to assume that McKinstry should stroll into Tuscaloosa. I, I, while I, my money would be on Alabama, uh, I wouldn't put a lot of money on it. I, I, I think this is a classic Alabama-Auburn thing in the end, and, and it's not Saban versus Malzahn so much as of it as it's Saban and Oates versus Malzahn and Pearl. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think you know for, for that reason alone, we don't we don't need to assume a lot. But uh, but I, I still think if I'm asked today, where is Jaquincy going to go? Uh, my answer is Alabama, but I'm not ready to etch that in rock. And then one other guy that came on the board uh, potentially is Michael Trigg Jr., yes. the tight end. He's a top 100 guy. And he's been offered for basketball and football. I mean, yet another basketball football kid. Boy, Nate Oates has to. And it's just the craziest thing because, again, uh, we just haven't had football basketball players at Alabama. 
now we could end up with three in the same class after after not having any for 40 years. Now we have three in the same class. Nate Oates has to be loving, loving the fact that he could have those athletic bodies as walk-ons in January. And, and Nick Saban has to like it because we're talking about McKinstry, Terry and Arnold, and Michael Trigg. These are good, good football prospects that he will be very happy to get. Uh, Trigg, you know, tight end recruiting has been really weird for us this year. We haven't really settled on one and, and put max effort into it. Maybe Trigg ends up being that guy because – what I see, what I see in him is, is again, like I was talking about Damon Payne. Michael Trigg is a is a premier athlete. The ceiling with him is very high. Now, I, I, hopefully, everybody listening to the podcast listening about Tony Johnson, who we signed back in '91. I'm not I'm not telling you guys that uh, that Michael Trigg is Tony Johnson, but he is really similar to him as a prospect to where down the field, catching the ball, making a play in the pass game, you can see all sorts of upside there. But is he ever going to block? And when you're talking blocking, you know the tight end has to block sometimes? Oh, you know, people like freaking uh, uh, Jadavi, not not necessarily Clowney, but, I mean, they block jack linebackers. I mean, we're yep. talking about some of the hardest positions to get blocked on the field. And – to go from, can you imagine? I mean, just pick out, just think about what we're doing. I know these kids have frames where they could grow into a tight end, but just pick any wide receiver you want. Just pick one. Uh, John Mechie, okay, and you're like, hey, Mechie, in practice today, this is what we're going to have you do. We're going to have you block Chris Allen and then Drew Sanders and then Will Anderson. We're going to have you block them. John Mechie be like, uh, are you crazy? I'm a, I'm a receiver. I catch the ball. I'm not, I can't block those freaks. <laughs> but that's literally what you're asking guys like Trigg to do, you know, who, who's such a clearly a gifted pass catcher. Uh, but can he block? You almost have to – you almost don't know until they get here because it's certainly not something they're asked to do at a high level in high school. All right, buddy. Well, we wish everybody a safe and happy fourth out there. Uh, big roll tide to everybody listening. We appreciate you checking out our podcast, and uh, we will be back with you Monday. So roll tide. And I'm um, in Tuscaloosa looking at our beautiful stadium, and uh, I hope it hosts some football. We are literally five weeks away from the start of fall camp today. Roll tide. That's amazing. <laughs>